are now listening to the state of Iowa's number one men's humor politics podcast, Rock Hard Caucus. Finally, the name is put to good use. Men only. No girls Men allowed. Only. Men podcasting their own way. Now we can talk <laughs> about our real opinions. Yeah, thank God. Mask off, toilet seat up. <laughs> toilet seat up. I'm farting and I'm watching football at the same time. <laughs> I will have one sustained fart this entire recording. <laughs> it may kill me. I've locked myself in the garage. The car is running. <laughs> Three hot rods just blazing. <laughs> Everyone's last podcast. The only way I'll let a woman into my man cave now is if she's bringing me food and alcohol. That's right. I'm poisoned by masculinity. All right, I'm Justin Comer. I'm the host. I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Chuck Yonda. Hello. And Evan Jones. Hey. And we have kicked out the only female voice. Natalie Harwood is absent. Finally. In her place is the male version of her, her husband, Cooper Harwood. Hello. <laughs> her better half? Question mark? Much. Is that the first topic? Because yes, <laughs> much better. <laughs> if you like Aww. Natalie, but you wish that like sh- uh, she was dumb and uh, <laughs> didn't have good jokes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what if Natalie but dumb? I'm here to answer that question. Natalie but dumb and a deeper voice. Yes, marginally deeper. Well, she has a really high voice, so I can yeah. get away with saying I have a much deeper voice. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Natalie is off uh, feeding the homeless or something. She has she has abandoned her duty to podcast. Uh, fortunately, her husband is here to fill in and do yeah. her job for her. Do the, do the real work. I yeah. like how Natalie's out uh, doing community service on her Sunday, uh, feeding the homeless. And like, I woke up like half an hour ago, and I'm gonna do this, and then probably watch football. <laughs> Same dude. And this will have felt like dude, an accomplishment. So dude, we're scumbags. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe she's off doing that instead of doing our podcast that none of us get paid yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> And like for it's literally feeding the homeless. That's not a stand-in for like a good act. It is yeah. like the literal f- <laughs> providing food to the housing insecure. Like that is the thing that's happening. Yeah, that part wasn't a joke. Yeah. No, <laughs> all it does is like reaffirm her as like one of the only true activists out of this group, except for Justin. But I haven't been too active recently because I've been working too damn much. I'm in Chuck mode. Yep. (laughs) Just work yourself to death. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So to get things started today, um, there was a big-ass Democratic event in Des Moines this weekend, and Evan and Cooper participated in the insurgent part of this event. They were out there walking with (laughs) Bernie in the March Against Corporate Greed. Can you recap that event for us? Uh, sure. So, um, I guess, <clears throat> what was the dinner at the Wells Fargo Arena called? Fucking... Like, Freedom and Liberty. Liberty. Too... Fucking whatever. It was a <laughs> bunch of Democrats <laughs> descending upon downtown Des Moines and holding their own little rallies and then speaking at this dinner for, like, a bunch of dumb, rich, liberal Democrat people. So, our listeners. Our listeners, uh, basically. Uh, Andrew Yang brought Rivers Cuomo, <laughs> which is I'm sure you hilarious. enjoyed that. 
I mean, I disowned Weezer like 20 years ago. <laughs> Fun fact for our listeners that might have been mentioned on the show before, um, Evan is a Weezer encyclopedia, even though he has disowned them. <laughs> That's how I got started posting on the internet. Yep. Did you get to see Rivers at all? No, not at all. I oh, I just I went straight from work to the uh, Bernie March Against Corporate Greed thing. So okay. yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, there's a lot of security, which is I mean I haven't I haven't actually gone to see Bernie speak before. Well, other than at the steak fry, but I couldn't I like, really say, yeah. see him. I got like every third word at the steak fry. <laughs> What'd you think of it? Uh, it was great. I mean, it, he ran through all the hits. I mean, I I don't know. It was more like good to be there as a show of support, you know, than like learning anything new. However, the only thing we really did learn was that uh, Bernie and uh, AOC are going to be doing a series of events in Iowa to hype up the Green New Deal. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Uh, I'll probably be going to the one in Des Moines. I know there's like several of them planned. Yeah, there's one next weekend in Coralville at the Marriott yeah. at the convention center out there. Yeah, I was going to plug that at the end, but I'll just do it now. Um, yeah. yeah, Bernie and AOC will be in Coralville, the Coralville Marriott. Uh, it starts at 6.30 next Saturday, the 9th. Um, I, that's like half a mile from my house, but as usual, I'll be working. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed, yep. but my wife will they be will going. They will be so. in Des Moines that same weekend. I'm just uh, Saturday. I believe it's yeah, Saturday. Yeah, no, um, I can do the official plug here for uh, Saturday, November 9th at 11 a.m., apparently at the Drake University Bell Center. Nice. So named after Drake Bell, correct? Yep, that's it. Perfect. Okay. The Drake <laughs> Bell, Bernie Sanders, and AOC will all be there. AOC, yeah. <laughs> talking about climate crisis. Nice. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, th- I think I have the suite at the hockey game that night, but I still might try to make it out there. Back Pocket Brewing is like right next to the hotel. Uh, where Bernie's going to be speaking at. So, you know, go out there and uh, have have a couple of drinks, have dinner, and then go over and uh, see our beautiful boy Bernie. (laughs) And AOC, of course. Get drunk (laughs) as hell and go heckle them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go yell at him for all his half measures. (laughs) Just kidding. Come on. Tough crowd. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I parked, I, I went straight there from work, I parked, uh, there's a ton of traffic downtown, there's like all kinds of shit going on. Uh, I walked to a couple blocks to the, uh, it was the Veterans Memorial Auditorium, or whatever, um, where Bernie was speaking. I saw a John Delaney sticker on a car for the first time, <laughs> which was kind of impressive to me. <laughs> That's more impressive than seeing John Delaney himself, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were like directly related to him in some way or in some way were receiving money from him. <laughs> so Did the car have Iowa plates? Uh I believe it did. Yeah. Probably his campaign manager. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So I got there, uh they're they're bussing in all kinds of Bernie supporters from all over. I know there's a bunch of people there from like, I don't know, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, like a lot of people showed up. I believe there's like fifteen hundred people uh total. Yeah, that was the count I heard. There were at least two buses from Iowa City on the way mm-hmm. over there. Hmm. Yep, so there's a bunch of buses. Um I, I got there a little bit before any uh the speakers uh started, so I got up pretty close to the podium and uh there was a young woman in front of me who is like kind of like bragging to her friend about how she's not a feminist <laughs> and like <laughs> cool <laughs> i thought it was a little interesting 
Um, I also got into a little conversation. There was like an elderly, there weren't a couple, but there's an older guy who said he used to be a doctor who was a Bernie, big Bernie supporter. And then another woman from Marion, Iowa, which is, I used to live there. It's it's suburb of Cedar Rapids. And uh, we talked a little bit about Susan Sarandon (laughs) because I guess she had met met her and talked about how great she was. And I mean, she's pretty great. Sounds like some good discourse out there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's good to be out there with like, like-minded like people. I suppose. <laughs> uh, the Bernie campaign where uh, they had some signs, and I, I got one of the like big signs with a feel the burn. <laughs> like It was like bright blue and green tie-dye. Um, you can see it in a lot of the pictures from the rally. It was a very pretty sign. I, it was I a was very pretty proud. sign. I was yeah. very happy to steal it and not actually do any of the work. Uh, of creating it (laughs) Uh, my favorite part about politics yeah the fucking uh fake grassroots organizing (laughs) they just they just hand you a sign (laughs) did you get to keep the sign i didn't uh i mean i probably could have but i wasn't gonna be that guy i told you guys signs equal victory it's gonna happen like all those, all these Pete signs popping up, and all the Biden signs. Go, I'm telling you, this is it's oh, going to happen. The all whole the Pete signs. Downtown in Des Moines was plastered with signs again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, Bernie spoke. Uh, there was a really good um, brass uh, band that started the rally. I, I'm not sure. Uneducated plug. I believe it was the Bring Your Own Brass Band. So oh that yeah, is yeah. A, yeah. I know okay, them. they do yep. exist. That was that was yep. them. yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were really good. Uh, then there was. Um, a palestinian american comedian i can't remember his name i saw him after it's amr something he he's been here a couple times yeah he's from like dearborn michigan um which is the highest arab per capita like city in the country so that was cool there's uh they had a guy come out who works at mcdonald's and talk about you know the way that you know he's mistreated daily at work and yeah. it's Amr Zar. Apologies if I mispronounce his name, but that's the Palestinian comedian that mm-hmm. has become yes. like uh, a surrogate for Bernie recently. Yep, and then they had um, a woman who was a farmer who basically got bought out by like a corporate farm. And then uh, Bernie came out. He uh, Jane was there, which is cool because I hadn't seen her before. Pretty standard Bernie speech. Uh, it was good to be there again with all the like-minded people. A lot of chanting, a lot of cheers. Very cold. <laughs> yeah, this was outside. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was kind of rainy a little bit when I got there, but yeah, it was pretty chilly. But they did have a lot of like heating units out there which is nice and uh cooper you were you were using your child as a political prop for this yeah absolutely (laughs) like i i don't know how she hasn't made it to a campaign ad yet because she is four and was like dancing wildly to the music and like (laughs) holding a bernie sign wearing sunglasses and a planned parenthood hat like oh dude that's (laughs) perfect right like dude uh the harwood family is the most photogenic bernie supporters of like anyone you guys are the top thank you there's people taking pictures of <laughs> of you guys <laughs> yeah like I, it's a really weird position to like i saw strangers filming my child and i was just like yeah <laughs> that's cool <laughs> i like this no but really they they should use you guys in ads <laughs> at least the kid i don't know how she hasn't made it to one but... no you and natalie too yeah i mean we do the whole you know nuclear family thing pretty well but <laughs> very cute (laughs) thank you that's the the key to politics 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a ton to add. I was present. Bernie did start with a, a cute grandpa joke about uh, how we provided him some good Vermont weather. Uh, so, Evan, you mentioned that Bernie mentioned Beto in his speech. Did I hear that uh, correctly? Yes, he did. He mentioned that Beto... Why did he mention Beto? <laughs> As you may have heard, uh, Beto has dropped out of the race today. He's a good friend of mine. And then he <laughs> went on about... He basically used it to bring up the gun control stuff about how it's unacceptable to have the level of gun violence that we have in this country, which, I mean, 100%, I'm one of the gun grabbers. Wannabe gun grabbers, so I was down with that. <laughs> so Beto really did, like, successfully pivot himself to being the gun guy. I mean, yeah, you could say that's what killed his campaign, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what killed the campaign. <laughs> it, I mean... It was pretty mismanaged, I think, from the start, but I think that probably had something to do with it. It was the final thing. It was like a Rasputin situation, but the final thing that killed him. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's really funny that he was, like, supposed to speak at this thing, and, like, his campaign was there setting up, and he dropped out as that was happening. Perfect time. There was, what a shitty feeling that would be if you were an organizer. Like, you get there early, it's fucking cold, you're, you know... You got coffee for everybody, donuts, uh, you know, you're getting your little pop-up tent set up and you're unloading all of your signs and everything. And then like, you yeah. just get notification on Twitter that Beta will work dropped out of the fucking <laughs> There race. were people apparently like crying and stuff. <laughs> oh. um, I saw... That, imagine crying <laughs> saw... because Beto dropped out. <laughs> there was like a box of uh, unused like Beto chance that <laughs> someone had taken a picture of and posted on Twitter that his uh, supporters were supposed to do, but <laughs> never got distributed, unfortunately. Write a sad story in four words. Beto chance, <laughs> never used. <laughs> that is a pretty sad story. Um, uh, so yeah, after the Bernie, Bernie spoke, uh, we went on our little march. They had some pre-planned chants. However, um, at the, like, right when we were, like, filing out of the, uh, you know, off the steps and and starting the march or whatever, we started a Not Me Us chant, um, which I am very partial to that one. I think it's the best one, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I saw on Twitter that you did that to the tune of Locker. Yes. (laughs) There was a certain uh, Des Moines Register, our favorite newspaper. Uh, he uh, was covering the event and he said that <laughs> we were chanting to the tune of Locker Up and then he corrected it to the cadence of Locker Up. <laughs> However... Wait, that that was a register guy? Yeah, it was a register that. guy. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so... Our enemies. <laughs> yeah, apparently he is under the impression that there's a different way to chant a three-syllable. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not sure how we could have done it. Like, not me. Us, they're <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. sure. Every single three syllable chant is always like beat, 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 rest. Y- yeah, <laughs> or you, know? you could do yeah. not me us. You like that? There like we go. The extended cadence there. Yeah. yeah, with some like clapping in between. Let's go. It sounds team. like a taunt. Yeah, it does sound like a taunt. <laughs> That's more like what you yell at an opposing basketball team. Perhaps. <laughs> I, I don't think that guy actually was trying to make any sort of point about Bernie supporters. I just think that he was genuinely dumb and just wanted to... attention he felt like getting some replies no i mean he thought he was making some sort of like observation i mean i guess it's an observation but it's like, an observation it's... That, <laughs> that you would not share if you spent more than like 30 seconds thinking about it mm-hmm. if you heard more than two chants yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah uh we just kind of marched around the block 
I saw a guy wearing my sister's band's uh, hat, which is pretty funny because they're not like super well known. Whoa, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, goat fight, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> so yeah, I sent him a picture of that. I thought it was funny because they're like not super well known at all. Um, so we marched around the block. We marched like towards the Wells Fargo Arena, which is like a couple blocks away, where the main event was happening. And then right across the street from that, they had a whole big room set up for all the Bernie supporters uh, to to have a meal together and, like, organize volunteer efforts and stuff. Um, at which point, they were having a file inside, and it was a perfect opportunity for me to get rid of my sign that I was still carrying. My arm is actually still sore because I was carrying that sign. Um, I probably <laughs> blocked the view of many of the people behind me, and I was actually... So one guy did eventually uh, tap me on the shoulder and tell me to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Sir. But yeah, so then I was walking back to my car. I still had my Bernie sign. I had or like a just a standard square Bernie sign. And I was walking with these two elderly Bernie guys and we were kind of chatting about politics and stuff. They were very cool. Uh but <laughs> I happened to notice we were walking by and like I said there's tons of signs. It was mostly like Klobuchar and uh Warren signs, but there were like Beto signs and they were all like just on the ground. Like they had already been uprooted. <laughs> and uh, there is a guy, <laughs> there is like a Beto campaign guy who was going around collecting them and putting them in a, you know, a van <laughs> to, to, I don't know, hopefully recycle them. <laughs> but he uh, had a bunch of them and he was like, Hey, you guys want to sign? And I was like, uh, no. And then I was like, wait, I'll take one as a souvenir. And uh, I was like, I kind of like the guy. And he's like, well, I kind of like Bernie too. So that, that was good. Maybe we'll get some of the Beto stragglers. What do you guys think is like the most logical landing point for the Beto people? Um, I saw a poll, and the number one... Yeah, I got one... a poll for you to look at, too. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, check hey. your phone. Ben's humor. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of... Ben's humor. Ben's humor. I saw a poll that Beto supporters' second choice was number one, Biden. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's not going to Bernie, but like just a couple points behind, and then I think like Warren, but like significantly lower. But the the least likely or like the least uh, common second choice was Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> which I think it's funny. oh wow yeah because yeah. again they're basically the same guy. Yeah, the two guys who are the but most again, similar. Beto is better than Pete in every way conceivable. <laughs> he at least seems somewhat genuine <laughs> uh, compared to Pete, who's like a robot designed to. I don't know, soothe Democrats' souls <laughs> by appearing presidential and saying the right things. Just reminding them of Obama just enough to just hit that fucking receptor in their brain that dumps dopamine everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I got a Beto sign, which is pretty cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but... Put it in your yard. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> leave it there all through 2020. I was told I should just uh, tape the Bernie sign over the front of the Beto sign and then put it up in the yard. That would work too. I might do, but... Oh, you could fit two Julian Castros on there if you tape them on. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and yeah, that was a pretty good encapsulation of Beto's campaign. He was the one who had the float at the stake, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the float that, that sank or was removed. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, yeah definitely sank in my opinion. Oh, that buoy that was out in the water, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. float is grandiose. <laughs> it was an object floating, but... It was... That's true. <laughs> R.I.P. Beto O'Rourke. Yes. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Ro- yeah, Robert Francis. 
Do we have a highlight reel of all of his uh, greatest moments queued up? Or um... in the arms of <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. He already told his kids they could live in the White House. That's gonna be hard to explain <laughs> to them. The thing that's a really annoying too is that he could have just ran for Senate again, and he is not gonna do that now. Yeah, and he yeah. probably would have won. Like, yeah, that was the strangest part to me, where he's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna pursue re-election in the Senate either. I'm just gonna like." <laughs> Become a private citizen. Well, I don't know. It's probably too late, to be fair. He might not want to lose another election. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he could pull a Rubio and just run for Senate anyway, after saying he won't. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Is he is he setting himself up to try to be a VP or secretary? I would keep not it be real surprised. Or... Yeah. I would not be surprised if, like, Warren won that she would choose him or someone like him. But yeah, his campaign accomplished literally nothing <laughs> was just <laughs> kind of sad he just i mean he became the guy that when everybody just didn't have enough time to talk about guns they were just like i agree with beto and think he's doing great. yeah so after i got the sign uh we sparked a little conversation with the two older guys i was walking with about guns and they were like both like super anti-gun it was kind of kind of refreshing to hear that from like an older white guy there's one there one of the guys was like kind of pro-gun he's like my wife was like, what are you even going to do? Your gun's in the safe. Like, if someone if someone were to, like, invade <laughs> your house or whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, that's great. You have your gun in a safe. <laughs> like, legitimately, keep it out of the hands of anyone else, you know? So speaking of guns and danger in general, there's been a recent scourge in this state. Have you guys ever attended a gender reveal party? Yes, several. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't have any I, friends. I've I've attended several. Who um, do such a thing? The, so the methods that I've seen, uh, one was a pinata, and when the pinata was broken open, uh, blue sparkles came out. I've seen a giant balloon get popped, and when that one got popped, uh, pink sparkles came out. Um, wow. I'm trying to think of the other ones I've seen. There was one that had like this like color changing sand. I I don't know how it worked, but like they both poured sand into something, and then they added water, and then it turned uh, pink. I don't know. I think gender reveal parties are kind of stupid. <laughs> like, I, I get that, you know, it's probably fun for people to make a, a big deal out of it, but I just, I don't see the point, really. Yeah, and as a as a person with a child, Cooper, have you participated in any gender reveals? Yeah, so I, like, not to get, like, too too personal, but there, we had a, uh, her, my daughter's grandfather was, like, probably not gonna make it, and he was, like, really, you know, interested in it, so, um... We were trying to figure out like a perfect thing to do to honor him and he passed away before we had the chance so we actually uh we used hot pink embalming fluid and then broke him <laughs> open like a pinata and oh my people were delighted true? no no part of that happened <laughs> okay i was like <laughs> you sold it pretty well <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for going on that journey with me, though. But, uh, no, we just, like, <laughs> accidentally started using gendered pronouns and, like, saying her, and then people figured it out. Like, we did not do a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, from my understanding of gender reveal parties, like, it's pretty much for the man, or, or for the father, <laughs> to either <laughs> fantasize about how they will harm the person who touches their daughter, mm-hmm. or <laughs> fantasize about the ways that they will vicariously live through their son and force him to watch sports and participate in sports. Yeah. As a man on a men's humor politics podcast, I identify with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there have been a couple of incidents recently here in Iowa. Uh, Both of these were near Des Moines, actually, where uh, gender reveal parties uh, had some consequences, we'll say. 
Uh, before I get into this, I just want to say, like, I don't want to make fun of a dead person, okay? Always a good caveat. But here we go! You <laughs> <laughs> don't want to, but you don't we want have to, to, but it's necessary. All right, so this is a Des Moines Register article by Philip Jones. And Jones is spelled J-O-E-N-S. Uh, so say, not a no, relative of No Evans. relation. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not related to every single person whose last name is Jones, believe it or not. The headline here is, Iowa grandmother killed at gender reveal was 45 feet away from pipe bomb. She died instantly, authorities say. So remember how Chuck described the gender reveals he's been at, involving sand or a pinata. Apparently, you can do this with a bomb instead. Yeah. Uh, what people do is they'll have like a parcel of some sort, like loaded with blue powder or pink powder, and they just shoot at it from a long distance using tannerite, which like explodes when you shoot at it. Mm-hmm. Like people do that shit out in the countryside all the time. They'll take like an old microwave and like you know load it with tannerite, and they'll shoot it, and it just blows up like a bomb. Yeah, and that's actually what they use for this one. Apparently. Yeah. Yep. When I read it, I was immediately like. There's no way that this did not involve Tanner, right? Like, it's just not possible. There's no other way to die at a gender reveal. Uh, a family intending to create a gender reveal spectacle put gunpowder in a homemade contraption, expecting to blow some colored powder skyward, authorities said. But instead, the device functioned essentially as a pipe bomb, and shrapnel from the explosion killed one of the celebrating relatives Saturday, according to the Marion County Sheriff's Office in central Iowa. Iowa authorities released details Monday about what happened over the weekend, along with the name of the victim of the accident outside a home in rural Knoxville. Rest in peace. Yeah. Have you ever been to Knoxville? It's near Des Moines. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, Knoxville uh, Speedway is there. It's like the dirt track racing capital of the world. There's like the Sprint Car Hall of Fame there. Oh, no shit. There's wow. a lot of good barbecue places. There's uh, Peace Tree Brewing Yeah, Peace Tree's there, I was going to say. It's a very nice place to visit, honestly, especially if you're into racing like I am. That's uh, quite the... <laughs> I mean... Yeah, her name was uh, Pamela Kraymeyer. She was 56. She was killed instantly by the shrapnel. What a way to go. Literally accidentally made a pipe bomb. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. They have some details here about how it was made, too. Oh. Six people, including uh, Kraymeyer and the expectant mother gathered Saturday and put gunpowder inside a homemade stand that was welded to a metal base. They put a piece of wood on top of the gunpowder and some powder of an unspecified color on top of that. <laughs> I, Wait, I have to laugh that they say <laughs> they haven't revealed. <laughs> that is actually a question that just popped up. Like I, I've seen a lot of articles about this, but they never actually said what the gender was. No, they say unspecified color, so they kept that a secret. <laughs> Like, okay. What's the point? She died for nothing. She died for nothing. If you're gonna have someone die in a gender reveal explosion, then everybody better know what that gender is. Yeah, you think so? In my opinion, if she didn't get to find out, then nobody does. I guess that's the the journalistic ethics of <laughs> totally play here. I guess there's some yeah, there's some truth in that. I mean, that's that's understandable. The stand had a hole drilled in the side for a fuse. Finally, tape was wrapped over the top of the assembly. The idea was for the gunpowder to blast the powder, indicating a boy or girl, out the top of the stand. (laughs) Very clear writing. (laughs) Yeah, instead, just, like, the metal exploded and sent shrapnel everywhere. So, like, okay, this was a contraption, is is how we are. How does this differ from a pipe bomb? This sounds like if you were describing a pipe bomb to me. Yeah, the way they describe it here, it seems like they were kind of just, like, experimenting and hacking something together. I mean, I admire the spirit, but... Yeah, I mean, that's that's how... I may have additional information about the kit that they used later, 
But first, I have a second incident. Yeah. A second gender reveal explosion. Wait, there was another one? The state of Iowa. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and here's another Des Moines Register article. This one written by Tyler J. Davis. The headline is Gender Reveal Explosion in Waukee. Second example in as many days of celebration attracting police presence. So this one also pretty close to Des Moines and Waukee. Central Iowa authorities responded Sunday to an explosion at a gender reveal celebration just one day after an Iowa grandmother was killed at a similar celebration. Waukee Fire and Police Department responded to a report of an explosion about 5.30 p.m. Sunday in the 32,000 block of Ute Avenue in rural Dallas of County. what avenue? U-T-E. How do you pronounce that? Ute? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's Ute. Yeah. <laughs> avenue. Uh, Upon arrival, personnel spoke to the owners of the property and confirmed that there was an explosion as a result of a gender reveal announcement. A commercially available gender reveal kit was found to be the cause of the explosion. No injuries were reported. So in this case, it seems like they kept it just to the kit. No one died. <laughs> Are there multiple brands of kit? Now I'm very hung up on the kit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we it's like a brand we can trust. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're buying explosives. Like <laughs> by by Gender Co. No reported deaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, there's there's a quote here from uh, somebody, Walkie Fire Captain Tom Tisdall. He says, this is just a reminder that you should never, ever make your own explosives. And if you are using one of these commercial devices, follow all manufacturer's instructions and take every safety precaution necessary. So they're more or less endorsing these products. But you <laughs> Yeah, <know. Don't> <laughs> just follow the directions. You'll be fine. <laughs> Definitely use them, but use them correctly. Yeah, That's it's not a problem because it's just white people that are buying these. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's such a, like, boogie thing to do. <laughs> to yeah. Like, do a gender gen- reveal party in the first absolutely. place. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like if I had a kid, I wouldn't want to know at all until they popped out. Because, like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's irrelevant. It should be irrelevant to you as a parent. Right. I mean, this just speaks to, like, how gender is enforced in our lives from birth or pre-birth in this case. Pre-birth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really funny. The extent that people go to (laughs) what I posted, there is a picture I saw. It was like, it was like a cattle farmer family. They, like, did their gender reveal in, like, a fucking ranch or whatever. It basically implied that the woman was a cow, and like the guy oh. was wearing like a glove, <laughs> yeah, like you know, like a sh- <laughs> shoulder length glove or whatever. <laughs> like yeah. they're both just smiling, <laughs> like it's a normal thing that just regular people do all the time. Uh, that one just immediately made me think of Johnny Knoxville inseminating yes. a cow. Oh yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Classic scene. I remember that was on when we were like in fifth grade, and I can't remember we were joking about it in school, and our teacher was like, "What do you like? How do you guys know what that?" is like what are you talking about <laughs> like oh he like, stuck his whole arm up a cow's butt <laughs> it's incredible well, yeah that's got some very disturbing overtones especially yeah. like treating women as property <laughs> like yeah it's fucking creepy i think well i think the whole gender reveal thing is creepy anyway but it is yeah and i mean i know all of us have trans friends and there are trans people listening to our show and non-binary people etc people who don't conform to the gender norms of our society i think in general like these gender reveal parties are probably pretty harmful well not only to the people that they kill but to the people who uh i don't know gender is just like 
enforced in a way that's really unhealthy i think yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> to defend myself slightly like and as a father which i love saying with gravitas like we <laughs> wanted to find out just purely because like it was readily available information and yeah I, I think our logic was sort of like people are either gonna start like you start getting like gifts and stuff from your weird extended family and so you kind of just need to like we wanted to know so we could kind of hedge against stuff and like, <laughs> you know, I, I felt like having the, the information was better because then we could at least sort of like prepare accordingly for all of the like gender expectation stuff that was going to get thrown yeah, at us. That's perfectly fair. But yeah, I feel like fathers in general are the ones who are like rooting for the kid to be, you know, a certain gender. Yeah. I mean, women do it too, but like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but it seems um, to me. I've, I've seen a bit of both just from like my friends having children. Usually it seems like they kind of know what they want, but they're not mad if they don't, you know, their child isn't that, you know, sex or whatever when they're born. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got a friend that uh, he has two two girls and his wife was pregnant again and he's like, He's like, God, I just, you know, I'd be fine if, you know, but I was like, I really want a son this time around. And I'm like, nope, you're getting another girl. You're getting twin girls. Like, it's going to be you, your wife, and four girls in the house. You're going to be awash in the estrogen ocean the rest of your life. <laughs> well, if he's lucky, his assigned female at birth children will change their mind later on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It just places some unrealistic expectations on, on the child. Or not necessarily unrealistic, but just like the whole idea of placing expectations that your child would behave a certain way or, you know. I think this is a discussion that we should have again when Natalie's here. I think she'd have (laughs) a lot of good takes about this and like balanced takes so it's not us just (laughs) just speculating our wieners around. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's basically what a gender reveal party is because (laughs) you're not you're not revealing like what your child's going to be. You're revealing what genitals they have. Genital reveal party. I'm gonna start calling it that. That's fine. That's much fun. <laughs> like you pop- those kind of parties are usually like prosecuted. You know, you hit a fucking pinata in the. It's just a bunch of penises that fall out when the pinata breaks open. <laughs> so it's got a penis. Yeah, just a giant, like a, a firework that goes into the air, explodes, and spells the word vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that, honestly. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to talk about this on the show, but Cooper, I am a little curious because I've talked with Natalie about this a little. Like, how much of your daughter's life, like quote unquote girly stuff, do you, does that come about naturally at all, or is it just sort of like put on her by other people? It's it's so hard to tell because I mean we go out of our way to like just roll with sort of. I mean I mean you know I think it's like a little. There's probably a little bit of a feedback loop where you know some of it's. I mean she at this point is very fully embracing girliness in a very old-timey way and i like <laughs> yeah. it is it is not a product of natalie and i and so i i think we've both spent some time trying to figure out like i think a lot of other people in the world you know just put a lot of it on her so i yeah i don't know yeah. i i've yet to really figure out like it didn't start at home but it's definitely there yeah i feel like that's a good way to demonstrate how much of it is socially constructed versus yeah. biological like yeah i mean i, mean, I think 
we all pretty much agree that it's more of a social construct than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is that is in the air. I'm like, it's, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how you like fight back about it, against it besides like just. Well, and that's the thing too is that like I feel like as a feminist, as a male ally, like <laughs> I, I'm not really a fan of traditional gender roles, but like they still will exist you know like it's not that we are like against traditional gender roles it's that we feel like there should be different roles for other people to have so it's like if you want yeah. if you're fine you be able to choose you yeah know, you like, should be able to do what and you not want be like discriminated against or like yeah everyone should be like there's allowed to room do like. for everyone to have their own role and like and some people prefer traditional gender roles but it shouldn't be something that is like seen as superior or, or anything that's the official stance of Iowa's number one men's humor <laughs> this podcast. You heard it here. Still <laughs> progressive men's humor. Well, I'm a girly boy, so. <laughs> oh, also, if if we ever have a shit take, we're just doing irony, just so you guys know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if ever we say well, anything bad or problematic, we're just we're doing irony, so, you know. Anything you disagree with, that was a joke, actually. Yeah. And you look foolish now because you thought it was for real. <laughs> yeah, dude. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have a, a bit of a follow-up to the gender reveal explosions. This is on uh, CBS2Iowa.com. That's KGAN, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also owned by yeah. Sinclair. Right, oh, right, yeah. One of the worst, most conservative fucking local media monopolies. I guess not quite a monopoly, but they do own more than... They own KFX. They own the Fox affiliate in Cedar Rapids and the CBS affiliate, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucked up. Here's a little thing written by Shannon Moudy. It's called Corridor Firearms Expert Reacts to Explosive Gender Reveal Safety Concerns. (laughs) Sounds like a ripper of a headline. Let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can take many different things that are fun if used properly and do dumb things with them, says Ernie Troff, owner of Cedar Valley Outfitters in Marion. (laughs) Ernie Troff? Troff. T-R-A-U-G-H. Oh, they said (laughs) Troff. Like Ernie Troff. That's a fucking awesome name. (laughs) Ernie Troff? Troff? I don't know, man. He's talking specifically about tannerite, an explosive substance often used in gender reveals to create pink or blue powder clouds. The substance was used in one of two recent gender reveal explosions that ended in a police response in central Iowa. I don't know which one used tannerite, and I don't know what the other one used. I thought, yeah, never mind. I thought it was both, but I guess not. I feel like the one, the lethal one, we should probably clarify <laughs> like what happened in the lethal one versus the non-lethal one. But Well, this goes into detail on what the tannerite kits include. Mm. Uh, tannerite sells gender reveal kits online and in several retail stores. This article is nice enough to link us to said store. <laughs> oh, nice. So, sponsored content, baby. <laughs> Brought to you by Big Tanner, right? <laughs> it's completely legal in the U.S. and has been used by target shooters for years. The popularity of exploding gender reveals has made their boombox a hit among non-sportsmen, even prompting this disclaimer on the product page. We have been selling these kits to many folks who otherwise do not shoot, and they aren't familiar with the product or what kind of round it takes to initiate it. Please use someone who is familiar with the product if you aren't. <laughs> so like hire a sharpshooter for your gender reveal. <laughs> I'm getting into that business. Yeah, that's that That'd would be, be a good business. Just uh, be know. a good weekend gig. Yeah, just get a van, <laughs> buy a bunch of tannerite kits, and then go around <laughs> just and drive around with a van full of explosives <laughs> and, a, and like a, a rifle. Yeah, 
buy buy a uh, rent a U-Haul truck and get a bunch of fur. Never mind. <laughs> I'm fi- filing taxes with my occupation as gender reveal marksman. <laughs> uh, tannerite kits involve mixing ammonium nitrate and aluminum powders together, and for gender reveals, placing them with colored powder. The chemical reaction that occurs when a bullet hits the powders creates a colorful explosion. Yeah, so again, it literally is a fertilizer bomb. <laughs> I didn't even realize that when I made that joke, but it's literally fucking yeah. Timothy McVeigh would be proud. Uh, and here's a quote from this guy, Ernie Troff. We sell it and never had a problem with it because I would say the average person that shops here understands the ramifications of using it properly. But it's easy to find stories of people that do something improper with it. It feels like this guy is, like, trying to run damage control. There is no way that is true. <laughs> There's absolutely no way. I've seen how people use explosives before, and, like, the reason that there hasn't been as many incidents is, I'm, I'm sure, more of a byproduct of just, like, luck, and the fact that they're probably not even that powerful, <laughs> really, to begin with. But, like, people are irresponsible as fucking hell with, <laughs> with explosives, in my experience. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in, like, rural Iowa. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I spent my entire teenage life just blowing shit up for fun. <laughs> my uh, cousin blew his eyeball out. Oh, yeah, that's a great I, story. I should probably tell this story because it's so good. <laughs> but yeah. my, my cousin lost his eye because he was, work, he was playing with fireworks and lit a firework that didn't go off. It was like a bottle rocket or something. And then he went to like relight it or whatever and like put his head like right over like where the bottle rocket was going to go and of course it lit at that point and took his eye out completely so he had a glass eye jesus yep well he had to make sure i mean i don't blame him yeah i mean that's definitely a good thing to do is put your head over <laughs> yeah where an explosive was just lit <laughs> yeah and if your gun doesn't work either you just like shine a flash down the barrel and look down there and see what the problem is yeah <laughs> It's just like, it's just like looking, <laughs> people are so fucking stupid. <laughs> he lost his eyeball. Uh, and then <laughs> the follow-up to that is that uh, he went to Adventureland, which is our only really like theme park in in Iowa. And, and all of us here, I'm sure, have gone many times. I've gone, you know, dozens of times probably yeah. in my life. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a fun little, it's a nice little park. But he, they have a wooden roller coaster there that's been there since the seventies called the Tornado, and he rode on it and lost his glass eyeball. It popped out in the middle of the ride, and so he had to like stay after hours to uh, let the park operators let him go underneath the ride to try to find his glass eyeball that popped out. Usually, and, usually uh, they don't let you do that, do they? Usually it's like if you lose it, you're fucked. Sorry. Well, I mean, they were nice enough. He he had to wait until the park closed, but they did let him go underneath and look for it. And uh, yeah, spoiler alert, he didn't he didn't find it. <laughs> so, oh, that sucks. Uh, same guy also has a conviction for molesting a teenage boy. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. Damn. My family's got a lot of winners. I come from good stock. <laughs> I think Absolutely. you turned out just fine, Evan. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I really that. do. <laughs> I do too. It's Brovember. We're not we're not uh we're not doing the no nut <laughs> thing or the mustache thing. Like it's Brovember, compliment your male friends, uh, because they are all kings and so are you. <laughs> yeah. Tell your male friends that you love them. Yeah. Quit being a punk. I love all of you. Aww. That's what we're about here on the number one men's humor politics podcast. Yeah, yes. It's about telling other men how much you love them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like a dude. <laughs> the, the red and the red pill is for love. Men going their own way with each other. <laughs> men going their own way, but not in the bad way. That is the subtext of men going their own way. <laughs> like, completely. We're not hanging out with women anymore. We're only hanging out with the bros. Yeah, dudes only. Hell yeah. All right, just a little bit more from this this last article. Um, so the explosion in Knoxville did not involve Tannerite. Instead, family members oh. used gunpowder inside a homemade stand, oh, God. put tape over the top of metal tubing, and creating Oh, a my pipe fucking God. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no wonder someone got fucking mauled by shrapnel. Holy cow. Yeah, so the description in that first article, like, that was the entire context. They built that whole thing themselves. No kit involved. Oh, oh my man. god! I thought it was a kit, but goddamn, that's that's even worse. Like, how do you not understand like the danger involved in that? Jesus Christ! Recall the family was standing forty-five feet away, and according to reports, shrapnel continued flying for another like hundred yards. Hundred <laughs> yards? Yeah, that's Dude, that's what that's, it says. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. How much they must have put a fuckload of gunpowder in there. I had a friend growing up who uh, he emptied out a bunch of like firecrackers or something and like put a bunch of like, gunpowder in a Dixie cup and like tried to throw a match in it and it blew up in his face Ugh. and like I went to see him in the hospital and it like had burned his eyebrows off and like burned his eyelashes off and like all the fucking hair in the front of his head like he didn't really he himself didn't really get burned very badly on his face but like that shit's like <laughs> what's wrong with people <laughs> why would you do that. <laughs> just buy the nice the nice certified Tannerite kit. <laughs> well, you'll still get the cops called on you, though, <laughs> for that. Yeah, too. but it's, it's a bunch of fucking white people doing it, dude. It doesn't matter. The cops are going to do anything. That's true. Like, what, what, do you, what are you folks doing out here? Oh, we're just shooting explosives. Oh, all right. Well, I have a good one. Yeah. Oh, hey, can I take a shot at I'll it? Shoot yeah, it for sure, you. officer. I'll just show we're, up. We're setting off explosives <laughs> to celebrate the life. You know, <laughs> can you imagine if it was like brown people out doing this somewhere, and the fucking cops got called? Like the fucking difference it would make, like in rural Iowa. Hundred percent. Yeah, building pipe bombs. Yeah, yeah, we're building bombs and shooting at them out here. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, it'd be considered fucking terrorism. And one last quote from Ernie Troff. Troff believes social media has made these explosive reveals more popular, and says anyone who uses Tannerite should exercise common sense. He says he's sad Crymeyer lost her life, but hopes other people look at it as a lesson. Like anything else you see on social media today, everybody's trying to outdo the last person, especially with gender reveals, he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's a competition, I guess. Look at all the things that go wrong when people do something for attention. That is true. People should stop doing things for attention. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like recording podcasts. Yeah, like recording podcasts. <laughs> or posting at all. Just not post. Or yeah, don't post. Anything. Definitely don't post. Never post. Yeah. The number one killer of Americans posting. Can I, I can I throw in I, I actually found an AP article as well and it reminded me remember a couple of years ago that a forty seven thousand acre wildfire was started oh. by an off duty border patrol agent who was doing a uh, <laughs> uh, for his son, we do know here that it was a son. There was an explosive yeah. with blue coloring and uh, caused more than $8 million in damage. Oopsie-daisy. Wasn't that totally illegal, too? Or, like, the way he did it or something? Or was it just an accident? Accidents happen. I mean, he was an off-duty patrol, border patrol agent, so nothing he yeah, does Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I had not heard of this. This is just a fun. Uh, it's in, this is uh, an AP article from November first. Uh, in separate instances over the last two years, couples announced their child's sex by putting items into the mouths of their pet alligators. <laughs> a watermelon filled with blue jello in Louisiana and a pink powder filled balloon in Florida. Oh wow. <laughs> Is yeah. that true? So there are other options. It doesn't have to be explosions. <laughs> it can be alligators. Oh, my God. I was even going to make a joke about that earlier. People are actually doing it? You can't come up with something stupider than what is oh actually happening, apparently. Yeah. R- reality has eclipsed satire. I find it surprising <laughs> that's the first death like associated with a gender yeah, reveal party. Yeah, doing shit like that. Right? <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. My, the last thing I did want to throw in, because I feel like this has to be a weird existence. Um, Jenna Carvinitis. I'm not Carvinitis? sure if I'm pronouncing that. Yeah. <laughs> no no relation to our friend Joel. <laughs> she, th- this is the, the person that uh, popularized. Uh, in 2008, she posted a blog item on a parenting website about a family barbecue where she had a, baked a cake with pink icing inside to reveal that she was having a daughter. And that's kind of what set this whole whole horrible thing rolling from her. Uh, quote, the whole thing is just absolutely insane. She has now come to uh, really turn against this whole thing. So I feel bad for her that she's, <laughs> she started this accidentally. Lost control know. of her own creation. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. It's uh, a classic Frankenstein story, <laughs> but with alligators. <laughs> with gender reveals. All right, that's enough gender talk. It's time to get down to real men's business now. <laughs> With our good friend of the show. I have a important article here written by our friend, another man, another man's man, big man around town, Joseph Dobrian. <laughs> He's back, folks. Abhor the baldy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all feel the same as, as our friend Joseph about the baldies, because <laughs> we're all men like him, strong, powerful, masculine men. All right, this is an article he wrote in the Press Citizen, of course, about a year ago. This is October 10th of 2018. And I think that Evan and Chuck are going to get a lot out of this one specifically. The title here is Joe Lewis, Colin Kaepernick, A Sorry Contrast. Uh-oh. <laughs> Off to a good start. <laughs> okay. To this day, when an athlete of any race in any sport behaves badly... My father says, it's a shame they can't all be like Joe Lewis. Before we go on, <laughs> imagine Joseph Dobrian's father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about it right now, and it's... <laughs> what kind of weird man do you have to be to, to spawn and like raise a little Joseph Dobrian? Oh, he had to have been like, an authoritarian monster. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Many professional athletes were known, through their careers and after, for their high standards of graciousness and sportsmanship. Their class, if you like. Bart Starr and Willie Davis in football. Sandy (laughs) Koufax in baseball. Martina Navratilova and Monica Seles in tennis. Bill Russell in basketball. Bob Jones in golf. Bob Jones? That's the person he chooses for golf <laughs> represents i don't know any of these people so if, if you have any tidbits i'd appreciate knowing more about any of these people <laughs> i think Anyways. he might have mentioned one black person in there uh willie davis i believe <laughs> oh and bill russell mm-hmm. yeah. yeah bill russell yes. but on the lily white celtics teams but joe lewis heavyweight boxing champion of the world 1937 to 49 
was uniquely famous for his dignity, humility, patriotism, and integrity. Lewis had faults. He was an unfaithful husband, inattentive father, reckless gambler. He spent the latter half of his life hopelessly in debt because he couldn't be bothered to look after his money. <laughs> this guy sounds good so far. Yeah, why? So, yeah, yeah, he just said he was a perfect example of class. <laughs> yeah, he's like a lecherous fucking gambling scumbag. So, like, in, it's okay to be a complete trash bag in your personal life, but, like, if you, like, fight with dignity, then, like, <laughs> you know... Uh, you're, you're excused. In middle age, he developed paranoid schizophrenia and turned to cocaine and alcohol to ease his anxiety. Yes, his mental illness was <laughs> listed in a paragraph of his faults. Thank you for that, Mr. Dobrian. Hi, <laughs> <I> see. <laughs> well fucking played. On the other hand, he was known for his low-key, gentlemanly behavior in and out of the ring. The media called him a credit to his race. What? Oh, <laughs> what? oh mask off already. Wow. What the fuck, uh, man? <laughs> well, you have to keep in mind too, this is this is like depression era. This is like the thirties and forties. Not I'm not excusing it, but like that sort of thing being printed was like not uncommon and like not seen as like Oh, you know, oh yeah, bad. it's not shocking <laughs> yeah. that it was printed in the thirties, but this is in two thousand eighteen and being held up. Yeah, and he's using it he's not like bringing it up as like anything other than a fucking like positive. Right. You know? I agree. Right. He yeah. was. <laughs> he was a credit to his race after I just talked about how bad he he was in his personal life. Well, you know. Sports writer Jimmy Cannon retorted, he's a credit to his race. The human race. Uh, okay. He doesn't <laughs> see oh, color. He, he doesn't, doesn't see color. <laughs> doesn't see color. That's good. That's cool. <laughs> Quietly, Lewis crusaded against Jim Crow. He didn't demonstrate. That wasn't his way. But he donated the entire purse from his January 9th, 1942 title defense against Jacob Buddy Bear to the Navy Relief Fund. This at a time when the Navy only allowed black people to enlist as stewards mates. Do you think that Joseph Dobrian realizes that Colin Kaepernick donated a bunch of his own money too while this was going on and like volunteered in his community? He might. He hasn't even brought up Kaepernick yet. Oh so god, I can't wait for him to do it. I, wo- I wonder what kind of comparison he'll draw. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <You know. laughs> this gesture went a long way towards shaming the Navy into integration. Lewis was frequently a guest of wealthy white friends at restricted restaurants and nightclubs. Gradually, he was able to gain entry to these places on his own and bring his black friends, thus ending the restrictions one property at a time. He, uh, he defeated racism by being rich. <laughs> hey, what do you know? Much of his work for racial equality was underreported, even criticized by the black press, because Lewis was a Republican and publicly condemned President Roosevelt's New Deal. <laughs> okay. okay, so you're saying there's a reason why you like this guy in particular? I think it's becoming more and more clear with every word you've written. Probably nothing illustrates why Joe Lewis was so admired better than the statement he made when he joined the U.S. Army, suspending his boxing career at the peak of his earning power to be a $21 a month private soldier. We're going to do our part and we'll win because we're on God's side. A friend told him, you said it wrong, dummy. You were supposed to say, God's on our side. Lewis replied, I said it right. Just wait and see. (laughs) We're on God's side became America's unofficial slogan for the rest of World War II. Lewis never talked much, but he was no dummy. Oh, all right. That seems okay. like a bit of a <laughs> diversion there. <laughs> Lewis died penniless due to a mountainous tax debt. <laughs> oh. oh, my God, dude. Just like Ayn Rand. 
Many people urged the IRS to forgive that debt due to Lewis's immeasurable services to his country. But Lewis never made that request, never complained, never denied responsibility. Did he pay the back taxes? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> is that supposed to be like uh, like a glowing reflection of who he is? That he's like, oh, no, that's fine. Just keep fucking me. I don't care. <laughs> right. Uh, Lewis is buried in Arlington National Cemetery in a hero's grave. Okay, that's that's everything that Dobrian writes about Joe Lewis. So what's what's your impression of this guy overall? Of Joseph or of Joe Lewis? Of uh, Mr. Lewis. He's a credit to his race. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that this Joe Lewis is just literally serving as a device for him to get mad about Colin Kaepernick, what's just coming up here, for him to justify the horrible things he's about to type about Kaepernick. <sighs> yep. I can't believe you'd make such an accusation. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, and I think the reason he chose Joe Lewis uh, is... Literally, just from something his father said to him once that he just remembered for some odd reason, of like a Depression-era boxer who also happened to be an African-American that served in the military and loved God. So, like, yeah. you know, this is going to be... He, he He's setting this up to for, like, a very poorly structured juxtaposition of Colin Kaepernick. Like, there's, there's more effective people I think he could have maybe chosen to make his point, but, like... Nobody really fucking knows who Joe Lewis is, I don't think. I literally read a book about Joe Lewis and remember nothing about him because, like, <laughs> his whole deal is that he was, like, he was post, like, Jack Johnson, who was, like, unabashedly, like, he did not pretend not to be black and rich and was basically, like, constantly chased by the law because of it and so like he was absolutely like this whole one of the good ones thing was like this horrible yeah. like that was a widely held belief so i think this like does work for like if you were 90 and reading this i'm sure that yeah. is a great example <laughs> or like yeah yeah like, i want to rephrase what i said i didn't say no one cares or no one knows who joe lewis is like he's he's an american figure but in the year 2019 right. uh, people don't really this guy's an afterthought. Like even people like Mike Tyson and like a Vander Holyfield are becoming afterthoughts. Well, that and there's nothing controversial about really anything there. No, you know? he right. supported Not the really. status quo. Like he supported yeah. the military. He was probably got more criticism from like other black people than he did from from white people. Yeah, the the black press did hate him and like kind of rightfully so that sounds like um quit, sorry i just happened i pulled up some stuff because i was desperately trying to remember anything about him his other very important uh quote during world war ii there was a uh there was newsreel footage of uh a soldier clerk asking him what's your occupation to which lewis replied quote this is not me saying this this is joe lewis's answer don't say the n-word no uh it's uh in the ballpark uh quote fighting and let us at them japs <laughs> so oh, yes the pacific theater <laughs> yeah this guy sounds like a real activist yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. there's no there's no like activism involved in like any of the things that he mentioned he gave some money to the navy well, that's why he says he's good. And he, he basically, he said that that's why the Navy integrated was because of, he gave them some money. Right. That's what's really like bothers me about the first part of this article. That's is like, that... there's no way, <laughs> there's no way that has anything to do right. with it. Dobrian is holding Joe Lewis up because Lewis was quiet and wasn't like yeah. actively yes. opposing mm-hmm. segregation, etc. 
and uses the example of giving money to the military as an example of his activism. (laughs) Like, specifically, a branch of the military that was persecuting his people. (laughs) I can think of another black boxer who is an activist who actually, like, people, like, like and still, like, have a positive... Yeah, yeah. I actually fought right for now. like yeah, I don't know. Cassius? I think it was Cassius, <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Not that Muhammad fellow though. Cassius Clay was a nice boy. <laughs> <laughs> Played by the rules. Yeah, it's just some fucking like reverse psychology thing. Like, well, I'm going to give money to the worst part of the military that's treating black people the worst, and then maybe they'll think twice. Yes, <laughs> surely. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the reason they integrated was because they needed, like, fucking bodies. Yeah, <laughs> like, basically to throw to the That's usually how it goes. Yeah, it's like, I mean, especially in World War II, that was such a fucking huge mobilization of people. Right. Yep, the Navy needed some human shields, and who who better to be a human uh, shield yeah. than the people we consider less? Yeah, yeah go see if there are any snipers out there. We'll watch from back here. <laughs> <laughs> On to the the other guy mentioned in the headline of this story. Early in the 2016 season, NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick began sitting, later kneeling, for the pregame playing of the national anthem because I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people. Flag! (laughs) Respect the flag! This at a time when Jim Crow is more than 50 years dead. This at a time when affirmative action guarantees that black students will have a better shot at admissions to (laughs) prestigious schools than white students. Oh my god. That is the (laughs) that is the standard by which obviously like black people have it great. No more Jim Crow. (laughs) Yeah, no more Jim Crow. There's affirmative action. Affirmative action. Yeah. It's so simple. Be more grateful. Obviously all the racial fucking issues in this country have been like definitely 100% cleared up. Yeah. There's no new Jim Crow that anybody has identified by name or anything, so that's good. No, yeah, there's all. never the Jim Crow that never fucking left to begin with. Well, really. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. This at a time when racial polarization might in some ways be worse than ever. Thanks quite clearly to professional grievance grifters such as Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> that's why <Yep. laughs> that's why grifters. it's not what? the racism itself it's the people who talk about racism <laughs> what a As fucking usual. dumbass this guy gets dumber every week we talk about that's him impressive yeah I, I it's actually by design i selected his articles increasing, <laughs> increasing levels of stupidity <laughs> um whom nike recently signed to a multi-year multi-million dollar endorsement contract as a reward for quote sacrificing everything I mean, yeah, he lost his job. He's in blackball by the NFL. He spent his entire life perfecting the position of quarterback, and he took his team to the Super Bowl because he was, I mean, the defense was really good, but he still quarterbacked that team. He broke rookie Mm -hmm. rushing records for a quarterback, playoff records for a rookie, and there are some players in the NFL right now that play quarterback that are fucking horrible, and they have a job like Colin yeah. Kaepernick is a very high-level backup at the absolute worst. At the absolute worst, yeah. There's yeah, no like, excuse for him not playing. He absolutely did lose everything. Like, what, what do you do? like? Imagine spending your whole life perfecting your craft, and then you just aren't allowed to do it anymore. And you know, just for something like this, I could talk about fucking Kaepernick forever. But yeah, yeah. I just want to highlight once more the paragraph I just read. He gives two examples that to him say racism is over. And then follows that up with, 
at a time when racial polarization might in some ways be worse than ever. Yeah, I fucking... So, like, yeah, if it's that's... gone, then why is that polarization there? It's <laughs> clearly an issue. Grifter. Because <laughs> of the people who talk about racism. Because there's yeah. people... Yeah, it's like... That's the common thing with conservatives. Like, oh, you're pulling the race card. Oh, you're, like, inciting racial problems that don't exist by, like, mentioning that there are racial problems that still exist. It's just, like, they, they hate to be reminded of it. Like, that's that's really all it is. They just hate to be reminded of any sort of, like, social discrimination. Moving along with Dobran's words, Kaepernick has the right to protest. Nike has the right to pay him. Anyone has the right to admire him. I have the right to despise him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sure do, buddy. Hell yeah. Go off. <laughs> Joe Lewis was a great American. Joe Lewis helped unify our country during the 20th century's greatest crisis. Joe Lewis truly sacrificed. Joe Lewis was a man. What a sorry contrast. <laughs> I feel, I'm just starting to feel bad for this guy because he's, he's telling on himself so much when he writes stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, they always are. You mean he may be insecure in his own masculinity? Yeah, it could be, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I can't quite tell. Like, it's not like there's something in every single article he's ever written, no matter how irrelevant it is, that exposes that, but... All right, so that uh, thus concludes the latest... Well, not latest, but our latest uh, descent into the doe brain Oh, library. that was literally all there was? Oh that's yeah, all he man, said that about, was... that's all he had to say about Kaepernick. Are you serious? I thought there was gonna be more. No, wow. that was all. Just like a couple paragraphs. So there. he spends, however, you know, jacking off Joe Lewis, and then he just like, it's like, oh yeah, it's Colin Kaepernick guy. Okay, hold on a minute. When did he write this? Oh uh, yeah, this was October of 2018. Really? 2018? Like, well after the fact. Yeah, yeah. So like two years late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like no one is even. I mean, people were still talking about. People are still talking about it. No, this this would have been around the time that uh, there's like the league the league wide protests. When uh, Trump called for someone to lose their job, and like like every team was doing it that I week. I think this was even uh, after that. This, I'm it, sure it, was it was after this, but it was around the same time. So it was still probably stewing in his brain. His dough brain. Uh, his dough brain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just baking. Um, I would like to point out that Colin Kaepernick literally won a settlement from the league. Um, yeah. There was like he he filed a lawsuit basically saying that he was being blackballed from the league. And they, you know, investigated it and they had some like arbitrator or whatever. And they like found emails between league executives and owners and stuff, basically literally saying we're not going to sign Colin Kaepernick because of like his (laughs) politics. And like at the time when he sued, everyone was like, oh, like everyone's just going to sue because they are they suck too bad to get a contract or whatever. And like all these like sports writers were like, there's no way this case has any merit whatsoever. He's just trying to like keep his name out there and like all this shit. And then like they settled with him. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how much money. Out. Yeah. I don't know how much money it was, but like there was literally evidence like there's the NFL is like fucking they have uh, teams of lawyers mm-hmm. like they're they are aggressively pursuing their interests like in every other case for them to settle <laughs> there had i mean there was like fucking physical evidence oh, yeah. that they they were blackballing him from the league and the thing that's interesting too about this is it wasn't just Kaepernick that was doing it i believe carlos hyde was also doing it along with him the entire time when he was playing for the 49ers uh, Devontae Parker has been doing it ever since. Um, I know the Bena boys are really outspoken about things as well. I mean, it's still happening. There are still guys that, I mean, so much so to the point where they don't broadcast the national anthem anymore. Like, if you watch an NFL game, yeah. 
they don't they don't even show you the national anthem beforehand. Nice. Mission accomplished. Yeah, they don't do it at all. Yeah. But I mean there's guys <laughs> still doing it, but like just because Colin Kaepernick was like seen as like the figurehead of this and people immediately attached all their rage to him that, you mm-hmm. know, they couldn't have him in the league despite the fact that there are plenty of other guys that were doing it. Like just last season they, they interviewed Devontae Parker about it. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I got a brother that was, his brother was either killed in the line of duty, in the line of duty, he was either killed <laughs> or he uh, um, was formerly enlisted and he would spoke to his brother about it. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Fucking do it, dude. You know? So like, it's still happening, but. Uh, another thing I want to say is that he, he's talking about how like Joe Lewis is like quiet and classy and dignified. And it's like Colin so Kaepernick was... literally was not drawing yeah. attention to yeah. himself. Literally was doing it, not not telling anyone about it. He was kneeling for the national anthem for like the entire season up until like at some point some reporter like asked him about it or something or someone. No, noticed. they showed him on TV. Is what happened. Oh, okay. Oh, and then he got asked about it, and then he yeah. told, he, he said that it was because uh, you know the way this country treats black people. So it's like he literally wasn't even trying to draw attention to himself. He was like doing it for like his own reasons. Right. It's great how Dobrian goes into Joe Lewis's personal life a little bit just to say that like he cheated on his wife, he was a shitty dad, he yeah. gambled away all of his money, and he doesn't really touch on Kaepernick's personal yeah. life at all there's because literally nothing there. <laughs> like, because Cap right. is just like a regular nice dude. <laughs> And, and he has given, you know, a ton of money um, to charity uh, since then, since there was all the media. And I'm sure before then as well. But, like, he wasn't being, like, insanely, like, confrontational about it or anything. Like, the controversy was, like, thrown upon him. Like, he wasn't out there trying to be fucking being a vocal activist until it was basically forced upon him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this w- this was the kind of protest that these kinds of people would say they wanted before he started doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, why can't you just protest peacefully? It was like a pers- very like personal thing. Yeah. But yeah, literally silent, not getting in anyone's way. Like, yeah, it is absolutely the thing that you can protest, but just don't do X, Y, and Z. And like, no, there's you can't win. No. They'll get oh. even angrier at you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because you proved them wrong while also proving your point. Like, well, good thing we have the XFL coming next year. <laughs> and they're gonna, they're yeah. gonna ban any sort of political gesture by any of their players. Right. So, which is explicitly apolitical. Yes, because the gesture of banning everything political is definitely not political. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like to put a, a bit of a positive spin on the Dobrian article we just read. How <laughs> I, I would like to see you do that. Yeah, <laughs> I got this. Don't worry. Uh, so. Joseph, he may be terrible at writing about uh, the intersection of politics and sports, but fortunately, we do have a pretty popular platform for writers to uh, do just that, you know, very thoughtfully and aggressively uh, show the, the connections between sports and politics and write about how, how those two fields intersect. Oh, wait, I'm just getting a, a message here. Um, oh, yeah, Deadspin is over. Oh. No more Deadspin. Dead. Yeah, it's really cool that the blog that I've read probably on a weekly basis for over a decade had some of the most intelligent sports coverage around that, like, actually had a critical eye towards institutions and sports institutions and political institutions. Uh, It's pretty cool that they um, basically, um, they were bought, I think, by Univision originally, um, which then, I guess, sold off the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, to this 
GMG Media or Gizmodio Media Group is what it's called now, but it's uh, Jim Spanfeller, who is basically like he was an exec media executive basically who did a lot of like early internet sports stuff. And basically he bought the company and told Deadspin writers that like they cannot talk about politics in their articles. Like they have to, the only things they can publish is stuff that's like explicitly sports related. And uh, the staff of course didn't like that and basically defied them and said that we're not going to do that. And then they reacted by firing the longest tenured um, editor there, Barry uh, Pachetsky. And basically at that point, everyone at Deadspin quit. And that includes a lot of really good writers like David Roth, mm-hmm. um, Drew Maggery, like, I don't know. Basically, I mean, everyone quit. <laughs> like Ideally, ideally, I, I think that they'll sort of like resurface uh, elsewhere together. and But it will never quite be the same collection of... Uh, writing that you get there but well it's disgusting because they had a popular brand they were averaging like 20 million unique views um a week or or a month or i can't remember that like they were a very popular blog and it was very popular for a specific reason because they had the kind of like smart content that you don't typically see on a sports blog right and like that was their whole brand that's the only reason that anyone like read deadspin and so these like private equity guys just came in and were like, we're going to change this. We're going to like just cut off our nose to spite our face. Like there's literally no reason for them to do that other than they, I'm sure they don't agree with the politics of the website, but it's like, these people are supposed to care about making money first and foremost. <laughs> and so like, it, it makes absolutely no fucking sense. It's just pure spite and just, yeah, stupid. they hated the politics enough that even money wasn't enough. Stick to sports. It's kind of uh, the Trump era, you know? It's just spite, pure spite about, you know, anyone who dares to fucking speak up. Yep. R.I.P. to uh, the gender reveal party, Grandma, and to Deadspin. <laughs> and to Beto 2020. <laughs> and to Joe Lewis. <laughs> Lots of endings this week. <laughs> so, yeah, rest in peace, rest in power. Yeah, kind of a kind of a bleak media landscape we're looking at, but... Uh, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up. Uh, you know, you know what? Uh, I think podcasts can pick up where media leaves off. Mm-hmm. You know, Deadspin is dead, but Rock Hard Caucus lives on. <laughs> yeah, we're so hard as a rock. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can pick up pick up the the torch where they dropped Still it. Still wholly owned by Univision, though, so we cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to step on any. Will be acquired at some point by Gizmodo, but that's why you'll never hear anybody on this podcast be critical of the show <laughs> Parenthood, because. <laughs> yep. So thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to Cooper for joining us today. You are very welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. I, I apologize um, since I'm being a, a man going my own way today by accident. I'm I'm sorry if my family made any audio intrusions to the listeners here. <laughs> I will make sure to no edit out any sort of feminine contributions from your track. Perfect. Okay. The, any dogs are men, manly men, so they can stay in. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, if if you're listening to this and you enjoyed this men's only edition of Rock Hard Caucus, you want us to record more often without any women, uh, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter handle is at Rock Hard Caucus. We'd love to hear from any listeners who never want to hear a woman's voice again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Damn. I- 
Also, <laughs> rockhardcaucus at gmail.com. Yep. It's also a good one. All right. Thanks for, thanks for doing the show with me, guys. You are welcome. That was fun. See you next time. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. See ya. Yeah.